Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week's episode is presented by Misen. Virtually every chef agrees that a sharp, well-balanced chef's knife is the essential workhorse for any kitchen. A great knife should feel good in your hand, stay sharp, and hold up over time to the rigors of your kitchen. Simple, right? But behind these deceptively simple concepts are centuries of tradition, technology, design, and craft. Misen spent four years developing the perfect knife because every little detail matters. Misen went through 37 different prototypes until they knew they had the perfect knife. The final result? A knife that's a pleasure to hold, sharp enough to plow through even the toughest foods, and a blade that stays sharper longer. The best part is by partnering closely with their factories and selling directly online, Misen is able to offer incredible cookware at wholesale pricing. Go to the link in the show notes to get your Misen knife today. Um, they also have a Labor Day sale going on where you can get 20% off. Misen is the perfect knife at an unreal price. Let's start the show. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I'm your host. Welcome back to the show. It is Sunday, September 5th. Happy Labor Day weekend. I hope you all have some exciting plans uh, for this weekend, even if it's just relaxing to enjoy the holiday, you know, kicking back with a barbecue with some friends and family. I'm thankful that you decided to press play on this episode. Very excited for this week's episode. Um, You already know I'm going to give you a song of the week, the press play segment. And in the dig deeper segment for this week, I will be discussing the best-selling rap albums of 2021. I talked about this last week um, in last week's episode about how there were some surprising entries in the top five um, best-selling albums of 2021. So, um, 
I'm going to talk about it. I did I did some research. You know, I'm excited to, to talk to you all about what I found. Um, and as you know, Drake dropped his Certified Lover Boy album a couple days ago. Um, I'm going to get into all of that next week. I need to let the album breathe. Trust me, I thought about releasing two episodes <laughs> this uh, this weekend. But no, I, I'm going I'm to take the week to let to let my thoughts really marinate um, on the album. And so next week's episode will be all about Certified Lover Boy. Get ready for that. Um, a few things to take care of, some household items to check off the list. Uh, the podcast newsletter, the uh, mailing list, join that. I, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, all of the everything I talk about in this episode, all the links to the music videos, to the performances, to the albums that I think you should check out are available in the podcast newsletter. So it's easy for you to follow along. You know, I talk about a song that you should hear. Feel free to pause the podcast, click the link in the newsletter, listen to the song and come back so that you can be completely immersed in, in what I'm talking about and knowledgeable about what I'm talking about. Do that. If you go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, right on the homepage, you can put your email address in and boom, every time there's an episode, you will get the podcast newsletter in your inbox. If you don't want to be a part of the mailing list, you know, I'll find a way to get over it. But you can also go to the newsletter tab on thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com and uh, all of the newsletters are there. So definitely uh, subscribe to the newsletter, get those links, uh, stay up to date on the hip hop and R&B news. Uh, so without any further ado, let's jump into the song of the week. The song of the week for this week uh, is called Tired of You by Young Blue and Her. If you don't know about Young Blue, um, Young Blue is a singer-rapper from Mobile, Alabama. Um, the Drake effect was in full effect when Drake hopped on a remix of Young Blue's song, Your Mind Still, and that really skyrocketed him into some stardom. Um, he's a good writer. He's um, He's got an ear for sound. Um, and melodies um, he's definitely one of those singing rappers who's doing like more singing than rapping but his voice is unique and even though you know there's a lot of auto-tune going on I find that his his sound um, is kind of cool and it, it stands out and I enjoy listening to him uh, he dropped his moon boy album uh, back in July and that is the album that this song is on um you know he he gave her a feature on her on her album back of my mind uh he was on the paradise joint and so i'm i'm assuming they they cooked this song up in the same session and so she decided to give him uh you know a hook and a verse on tired of you and it's a dope song um weirdly enough their voices mesh well They've got they've got good chemistry and I just think it's a dope song. So the song of the week for this week is Tired of You by Young Blue featuring her. Uh, so let's jump into the press play segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the press play segment. The press play segment is usually broken into three parts. Things that you should check out the rumor mill and announcements in the upcoming and recently released albums. So we're going to get started with the things that you should check out. First up 
is the trailer for a new Showtime show called The Show. So apparently this kind of docu-series goes behind the scenes of the Super Bowl performance that The Weeknd did back in February. Um, and it takes you takes you into the making of the 12-minute uh, performance that The Weeknd had and everything that went into it. Um, and I think that's pretty dope. I think The Weeknd's performance, while it was obviously not you know, in like the top five greatest Super Bowl performances, I think it was still um, pretty good. So I'm excited uh, for that docu-series to air. So check out that trailer uh, in the podcast newsletter. I talked to you all a lot about Tiny Desk because I think Tiny Desk is one of the, the best things in the music industry. Seeing these artists show up at the NPR offices or now because of the pandemic doing these performances from home that are more intimate, more songs that they you know might not perform at a concert or maybe haven't performed at a concert. It's dope. So Little Sims, uh, I just finished my first listen of her album that she dropped on Friday. Sometimes I might be introvert. It is in incredible off the first listen i'm thinking it's it's easily going to be in my top 10 albums of the year might be a little higher anyway she did a tiny desk obviously to uh, continue to promote her album that just dropped and the tiny desk was just as good um as the album she performed all songs from her new album um so I would definitely recommend you listen to the album and then go check this out so you can see some dope like live performances. But she performed her song Introvert, I Love You, I Hate You, Point and Kill, and Woman. All incredible songs. And she brought them, brought a completely new life to them, her and, and the band um, on the Tiny Desk. So definitely check that out. Uh, some music videos you should check out. Isaiah Rashad dropped off a music video for his song Chad. Um, he's been dropping off a lot of dope music videos from his album, The House is Burning. This one has some cameos from Reason and J-Rock from TDE. Amine is in it. Um, it's, it's a dope visual. And, you know, the TDE thumbprint is all over it. So check that out. Georgia Smith just dropped off a new music video for her song Time from her uh, Be Right Back EP. Um, she's she's been active with the music videos. The rollout from this this EP has been pretty dope. So check that out. Drake dropped off the first music video from uh, Certified Lover Boy for the Way Too Sexy joint with Future and Young Thug. I'm not gonna say too much about that joint. Um, I want to say some of my takes. Um, you know, I, what I will say is that he could have kept that song, but at the same time, I understand exactly why that song was made and it will be one of the most popular songs off the album the music video is crazy is drake is in his goofy mode you know he's he's in a lot of costumes he's being silly he got Kawhi leonard in there him uh drake future and young thug pretty much act out like a boys to men and like backstreet boys type scenario it's it's hilarious it's one of those hilarious drake videos uh he's making fun of himself definitely check it out Meek Mill dropped off a new song and music video called Blue Notes 2. It features Lil Uzi Vert. This is Meek Mill back on his rapping shit. Like, he's he's rapping hard. Um, I, I imagine there's an album coming because he's, he's spitting those bars trying to remind you, like, yo, I do this. So definitely check this out. And you already know when he got the, the ATVs popping willies in the video that it's, it's, a, it's, it's an all-time Meek, Meek rapping spree. So definitely check that out. 
Bobby Shmurda dropped his first song since being released from jail, No Time for Sleep, uh, Freestyle. You know, it begs the question, is Bobby, has Bobby Shmurda's time, you know, come and gone? You know, I think, I think the song doesn't really bring much new to the Bobby Shmurda catalog. And maybe this is just the beginning of, and he's just like, you know, feeling things out, getting his feet wet again. But, you know, he spent a long time in jail and, you know, do the street, I know the street still got love for Bobby Shmurda, but do they, are they really going up for new Bobby Shmurda music? We'll see. But see for yourself. Check out the song. And then finally, Westside Boogie. I know he's got to have an album coming because he's been dropping heat. Like every time he drops like a new freestyle on on YouTube or on all his platforms, it goes off. Dude is an incredible rapper. And his um, 2018 album was one of my favorite, favorite projects. And like one that I like connected with instantly um as soon as i heard it like it it was he was just one of those artists where it was like wow how have i not heard of this dude and that was his 2019 everything's for sale album that was dope so check out his new freestyle in the music video rumor mill and the announcements um as you know kanye dropped off his donda album last sunday on the 29th um and it did numbers expected to sell like around 350k in the first week Second largest 24-hour debut on Spotify with 100 million streams behind Scorpions, 132 million. And it set a first-day record on Apple Music with 60 million streams. Now, it's important to note, especially since Kanye and Drake are embroiled in this beef. I talked about that last week. That Drake broke both those records within hours of Certified Lover Boy being out. He broke the Spotify and the Apple Music record. And considering the fact that Scorpion sold 732,000 in one week, when it dropped, Certified Lover Boy will likely surpass Kanye's 350 uh, as well. But shout out to uh, Donda for doing numbers. And, and, you know, I will say, I haven't listened to Donda, and I, I don't think I have any intention on listening to Donda. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still going back and forth with myself about it. Like, do I listen to it just from a musical standpoint so I can, like, have these discussions or do I stick to to my guns and say, fuck Kanye until he apologizes for all the bullshit he was doing for the past three years? And I'm I'm leaning toward the latter. Um, I haven't listened to it. Um, I, I haven't even really been tempted lately, especially since Drake's album came out. But, you know, it's just it's going to be interesting, especially because of all the talk I've heard about how it is, you know, Kanye back on his like genius masterful stuff uh, it's going to be interesting at the end of the year talking about the best albums if i haven't listened to it and i don't like mention it but you know i did the same thing when yay came out or sorry when jesus is king came out i didn't listen to that at all and it was fine i mean I, from what i hear it's not on the same level as as donda but you know for now i'm I'm not really entertaining the album but I'm, I'm gonna talk about it a little bit because of when i get into the certified lover boy talk next week because another spoiler that beef is for sure ongoing after uh some things drake said on the album and some things kanye has said back so we'll get to that next week but uh more rumors and more announcements lil nas x his montero self-titled album will feature Doja Cat, Elton John, Miley Cyrus, Jack Harlow, and Megan Thee Stallion. 
an eclectic mix of collaborators. That album drops on the 17th. Baby Keem's album, The Melodic Blue, has officially been turned in, so we just might get that this year. He dropped off the the single with Kendrick Family Ties last week. It's been going crazy, so I'm excited for that album. Lil Durk, Chicago native, becomes the artist with the most charting songs on the Hot 100. In 2021, he has been a part of 35 songs that charted on the Hot 100, and 2021 isn't even over. So shout out to Lil Durk. Um, he's been real popular. People have been wanting him for a verse, and he's been delivering. Uh, and then finally, Fat Joe and Ja Rule have been announced to be doing a versus battle on September 14th. Personally, I think Ja Rule is going to wash Fat Joe. But, you know, when you consider the fact that features factor in here, Joe has been featured on a lot of big records, a lot of big records. But I think that Ja Rule has been featured on that many more and also his his solo work, I think, is going to surpass what Fat Joe has done. But it should be a good battle. Upcoming and recently released albums, I mentioned Kanye West dropped off Donda on the 29th. Uh, this past Friday, Drake dropped off Certified Lover Boy. Uh, Jameson dropped off his album Heals Me. Little Sims dropped off her album Sometimes I Might Be Introvert. This upcoming Friday on the 10th, Common is supposed to be releasing A Beautiful Revolution Part 2. Diana Ross is releasing Thank You, her first album in 15 years. James Blake releasing Friends That Break Your Heart. Yeba who was uh, just featured on Certified Lover Boy, releasing her album Dawn. Playboy Cardi releasing an album on the 13th called Narcissist. On the 15th, Injury Reserve releasing By the Time I Get to Phoenix. On the 17th, Cynthia Revo dropping off Chapter 1, Verse 1. Lil Nas X dropping off Montero. And on the 24th, Anthony Hamilton releasing Love is the New Black. Diddy releasing Off the Grid, Volume 1. And Nao releasing And Then Life Was Beautiful. Get ready for a jam-packed September full of album releases. And I'm sure there's going to be some more of that kind of surprise release in there. September is going to be a big month for music. That is it for the Press Play segment this week. Like I said, get that podcast newsletter so you can check out all the links to everything I just talked about. I'm going to take a short break, and then I'll be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. I mentioned last week a report that I read of the best-selling hip-hop albums released this year. Here are the top 10 albums. In order, from 1 to 10. A Gangsta's Pain by Moneybag Yo, 777,000 units. The Off Season by J. Cole, 723,000. Shiesty Season by Pooh Shiesty, 712,000. Hall of Fame by Polo G, 708,000. Soulfly by Rod Wave, 686,000. Planet Herd by Doja Cat, 651,000. Voice of the Heroes by Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, 557,000. Destined to Win by Lil TJ, 533,000. Slime Language 2 by YSL, 477. And Khaled Khaled by DJ Khaled, 475. Now, honestly, most of those are not surprising. Um, and this this is as of, uh, I think, as of like middle of August. Um, so obviously, because streaming affects those numbers, this could change week to week, depending on, you know, how some of these albums were streamed. But most of them are not surprising. Broadway, Polo G and Lil TJ have garnered an impressive fan base and have been grinding their way into public consciousness hit by hit. Doja Cat's ability to tow the pop rap R&B line makes her a guaranteed sell. Lil Baby and Lil Durk's collab in the YSL compilation were highly anticipated. DJ Khaled's crowd of cameos usually guarantees that he'll sell a lot. And J. Cole dropped his highly anticipated surprise album, his first in three years. The two that gave me pause were Moneybag Yo's Against This Pain in the top spot and Pooh Shiesty's Shiesty Season in the third spot. I hadn't given either of these artists the time of day because I assumed, you know, they were trap artists rapping about gunplay and gang shit for an hour, and that's not really my ministry. That's not really what, what does it for me musically. Was I wrong about that? We'll get into that. But that's why I hadn't really been interested in either album. At the same time, Street and trap rappers have been making a resurgence when it comes to selling records. They've always had their fans, but when you look at artists like Lil Baby, NBA Youngboy, 21 Savage, etc., they're doing numbers and receiving a lot more mainstream attention. And Memphis especially, where Moneybag, Yo, and Pooh Shiesty are from, have been succeeding, especially the past few years. There's also the increase in streaming that came with everybody being at home during the pandemic. So is that what's happening here? Have Moneybag Yo and Pooh Shiesty broken into the mainstream and found a way to sell some crazy numbers? Are their fans just that devoted, streaming these albums nonstop to stack those numbers? 
Is it a little bit of both? Are the albums really that good? That's what I wanted to find out. So for the last week before the Drake album dropped, and I'm, I'm honestly very happy that I did all the research uh, and got it all done before the album dropped on Thursday because that's all I've been wanting to listen to since it dropped. So I, I, you know, I did all this research and up until Thursday, I spent the entire week listening to a Gangsta's Pain by Moneybag Yo and Shiesty Season by Pooh Shiesty. So here are my thoughts. We're going to start with Moneybag Yo's A Gangsta's Pain. He's in the top spot, 777,000 in 2021. Um, so we're, we're going to give him the, the, the honor of, of going first. So he's a rapper from Memphis, Tennessee. He signed to Yo Gotti's record label. Uh, Gangsta's Pain is his fourth studio album and his first to go number one on the Billboard 200. And if you look at the charts, it seems like the album went up against a number of albums that were already out for a few weeks. So it was pretty smooth selling to the number one spot. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about AEUs or album equivalent units. So to account for the emergence of streaming as a dominant form of music consumption, like CDs were down, people weren't buying CDs anymore, everybody was just streaming their music. The music industry needed to find a way to account for people listening to music and how that equates to, you know, an, an album sold. Before it was easy, you just like look at all the store records and see how many physical copies were sold. But now with streaming is different. So what they did is they determined a certain amount of streams that were equal to an album being sold. So these are called album equivalent units or AEUs. So 10 songs sold on iTunes from an album equals one album equivalent unit, one album sold. 3,750 streams on a, a free streaming service, one that supports ads. So like Pandora or like Spotify's free version. Uh, 3750 streams counts for one album equivalent unit and on the premium services the ones where you don't get ads uh, 1250 so 1250 streams is one album equivalent unit so against this pain sold 110,000 units in the first week almost all of that was through streaming and by the third week it had sold 241 so in three months uh, the album has continued to roll and brought in over 500,000 more units. Now, one of the reasons that these album equivalent units are not always a great representation of albums sold is streaming. So, for example, A Gangsta's Pain, I looked at the Spotify numbers because Spotify, you know, you know, it's if you're not in the industry, it is so hard to get data and information on how much an album has sold, uh, how many streams. It's like you basically need to like be a part of the industry because they keep all of that data kind of locked up behind paywalls and just like you, you need to like know somebody. But Spotify, one of the things they do is if you click on an album in Spotify, it'll show you how many total plays each song has on an album. So I was able to look at Spotify for both of these albums I'm going to talk about to see how many total streams they have just on Spotify. And I think it's it's safe to say that the streaming habits um, that we see on Spotify likely carry over to Apple Music and Tidal and all the other ones. Um, so... 
the things that I think I can explain away through Spotify, I think account for the other ones as well. So 233 million streams across all of the songs on A Gangsta's Pain on Spotify. I added them up. It's about 233 million. 50% of that number of those streams belong to two songs, Waukesha and Time Today, two of the three lead singles from the album. Add in the next two most popular songs, most stream songs, Shadas and Hard for the Next, which features Future. And those four songs off the album account for 68% of all of those streams on Spotify. Singles are the or the more popular songs on an album can really drive the sales of an album because of those album equivalent units. You do a lot of streaming numbers and you know enough of those they turn into album equivalent units. So if you run up those streaming numbers, you can sell a bunch of records. Um 100 million streams on Spotify Premium would account to about 80,000 units. So the weight of a single song is heavy. Considering the fact that A Gangsta's Pain did mostly streaming numbers the first week and the singles are driving the streaming numbers now, I think that honestly can explain away a lot of the 777,000 units that it sold this year. Now, there's another factor that I didn't consider until I talked to my homie Joe. Shout out to him. And he was telling me about Moneybag Yo's celebrity and how it's much larger than a lot of these rappers out right now. He used to date Megan Thee Stallion. He's currently dating G Herbo's ex-girlfriend, who's a popular rapper uh, from Chicago. His visibility is much larger than your average street rapper because his audience is just bigger. He's reaching these pop culture audiences who are, you know, interested in his girlfriend. So because they follow like Ari, his girlfriend, or Megan Thee Stallion, now they follow Moneybag Yo. He drops an album. They want to hear what he has to say. His personal life. Uh, you know, people are are looking into that. His songs are going viral on TikTok, like it's a brand new world. Um, so that that helped his streaming numbers as well. Now, the actual album, the content of the album, let me tell you, let me let me tell you, I was surprised. I actually messed with this album. I I really do. I enjoyed this listen. Now it's like half gun talk and gang shit. And it's like half introspective trap pain, like trap street heartbreak. Moneybag Yo has had a career, you know, like Pharrell listed him as one of his favorite rappers of the moment. He's got a serious fan following and he's actually a solid rapper. The production does wonders on the album. And even though the gun talk can get a little stale for me, it's a 52 minute album. There are enough bright moments that kept me interested. Waukesha, one of the lead singles, is a song where Moneybag Yo is talking about his dependence on lean and he's comparing that to a woman. And it samples Stay With Me by DeBarge, which is a song that's also heavily sampled in One More Chance by Biggie and Foolish by Ashanti. And honestly, it's kind of a thoughtful song. Like it's it's kind of deep and the narrative is there and it's easy to keep up with. His song, If Pain Were a Person. Which, I mean, that's just a, what a great song title. Um, that song samples, If Loving You Is Wrong, I Don't Want to Be Right. The song Hard For The Next with Future samples Differences by Genuine. I was not expecting production sampling R&B classics. And not only that, but Moneybag Yo didn't sound awkward on top of those beats. 
The features all mesh with him perfectly. He sounds just as at just at home, just as at home on a song with Janae Aiko or Pharrell as he does on a song with Future or Polo G. He's got a lot of variety. He's got a lot of versatility. I expected Moneybag Yo to be good at making trap music, but it's the heartfelt, reflective songs that showed me a side that I was surprised to see and hear. So I enjoyed this album way more than I expected, and I'm definitely going to give his next albums a spin. But at the same time, if this is his best work, then I honestly don't think I need to hear what came before this. Like, this is the level, the minimal level that I, I, I want from Moneybag Yo. If he can top this, that's great. If he can keep making music like this, that's great. I will listen to it. 777,000 units in four months with the real possibility of going platinum before the year ends is no joke. It helps that he got the Pharrell cosign and it helps that he followed up that cosign with some big name features from artists who are just as hot right now, if not hotter than him. Singles like Time Today and Wakisha are good enough to keep people coming back to the album and add in a loyal fan base streaming the hits constantly, and that is a recipe for success. So that is a gangsta's pain by Moneybag Yo. I rock with it. Um, I think I understand like like he he crafted a num- large number of singles that people keep coming back to the album for, and especially when you consider the fact that uh, you you get a single. People flock to it, and it's one that released before the album was even released. If they run up the numbers on that single when the album drops, those numbers automatically count towards the album because the single is on that album. So, you know, that's why these artists are running up these 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 albums with like 25 songs because they're, they're hoping something sticks because people start streaming one song a bunch of times, then your, your album record sales go up. So... That's what happened with Moneybag Yo, but it also helps that he's a good rapper uh, that made some good choices on this album. Um, it's got a good fan base. So let's talk about Shiesty Season by Pooh Shiesty. Pooh Shiesty and Moneybag Yo actually have a lot in common. Pooh Shiesty is also from Memphis, Tennessee. He signed to Gucci Mane's 1017 record label. After signing to the label in 2020, he started to gain a lot of attention after being featured on songs with Gucci, releasing songs with Lil Baby. He definitely had a buzz by the time he released his debut mixtape, Shiesty Season. So the mixtape debuted at number four on the Billboard 200. It peaked at number three a month later. It sold 62,000 units in the first week, and it currently sits at 712,000 on the year. Right off the bat, I can see that the singles and the most popular records are driving the overall streaming success of this this mixtape. Looking at just Spotify plays, it has almost 253 million since its release in February. That's like 200,000 units on Spotify Premium right off the bat. So, you know, if he, if he does the same on Apple Music and Tidal, that's 600,000 right there. That, that helps account for a lot of these, these numbers. Now, 56% of that 253 million streams is for one song, 56%. This song did over 100 million streams, and that's Back in Blood. Add in the next two most popular songs, Neighbors and Twerk Some, and those three songs are responsible for 73% of the mixtape's Spotify numbers. This is a 17-album, or a 17-song album, and three songs are driving 73% of the streaming numbers. 
That's the that's the formula right there. That is what these guys are doing. They're dropping these these songs beforehand. When people flock to them, you make sure that you you continue to to generate the buzz for that song. Drop a music video, yada yada. Make sure it's on the radio, and then boom. Once you drop the album, those songs are on there. You got a bunch of streaming numbers already. So. You know, like I said, if the album has approximately 200,000 units from just Spotify, if it's doing similar numbers on all the other platforms, then this 712,000 makes sense. But at the same time, here's another point. Let's be real. White people have been making trap artists rich for decades. Little Wayne, like T.I., Gucci, like Future, like... Living vicariously through their music, wanting to, quote unquote, live a life that they never could be in front row at their concerts. You know, this is you know, this is what they do. You know, a lot of, you know, these trap artists, main fans will be white kids from the suburbs or something like that, because, you know, you know, these are artists that their parents disapprove of. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to listen to them to spite you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to their concerts and be for like this. This is just this has been happening for decades. And I think they just especially made sure to do so with these two Memphis artists, Moneybag Yo and Pooh Shiesty. They've got a large fan base and they're making sure that their their records sell. So let's let's talk about the music. Let's talk about Shiesty season. I I hope the sigh really, really illustrated what I want to get across here. Shiesty season is a lot more gun talk than what Moneybag Yo offered. I would argue that almost every song is just him talking about gang shit and gun this, gun that. It's no surprise that Pooh Shiesty is out here living what he raps. He's got multiple robbery and gun charges. He was indicted by the feds back in June and is currently, as we speak, in jail awaiting trial. He's likely been in there for a few months now. So who knows how that'll play out and if he'll even get to enjoy the success of of, of his his mixtape doing well because he's he's currently in jail, no bail, on some robbery and gun charges. It's not looking good. And it's really fitting that he's on Gucci's label because his music reminds me a lot of Gucci's earlier music. And don't get me wrong, as someone who is not a gun-toting gang member myself, Back in Blood, the lead single, is a perfect song to vicariously live through. It's hard as fuck. And Lil Dirt was the perfect guest feature he showed out in the production works. The production was probably my favorite part of the album. Like, they gave him some really dope beats to rap over. But the album was just so dull otherwise. It was murder, murder this, guns, robbery that for every damn song. It's just not inspiring and it's not unique. We've heard it before. Features from Lil Dirt, Gucci, 21 Savage, and more all make sense. But from a content perspective, Gucci has made the same album like six times. And that's that's no cap. Like, like it's this is nothing new. Push Icy just isn't for me. I would definitely give Moneybag Yo the time of day because he's less one dimensional. But now you see why these artists stack their albums with 25 songs and focus on making hits 
because the more songs, the more possibility that something will stick and be streamed like crazy. Take Donda, for instance. It, it's been out for, let's see, it's Sunday. It's been out for exactly one week. And when I checked last, uh, it has almost 315 million streams. This is a 27-song album that runs almost two hours long. But all 27 of those songs basically have at least 5 million streams each. Um, and it has 315 million total in about a week. It's probably more at this point because I, I did this research earlier. And that's more than either of the two albums I just talked about by Pooh Shiesty and Moneybag Yo have. So like the the way that streaming factors into record sales may not be you know accurate or necessarily equitable because of how easy it is for like a few songs to just completely uh, count towards your record sales. But streaming can really skyrocket an album success. And honestly, I mean, I'm just excited for the ride to see where these albums stand at the end of the year. Now, I, I, I can already tell you, they're not going to be at the top, but they're not going to be the highest selling albums at the end of the year. Because Certified Lover Boy just dropped. And... It's, it's likely, like probably off of mostly streaming, but it's likely going to do between 500 and 700 in the first week. Like, I'll, I'll, I should have the numbers by the time uh, I record the, the episode next week, but it should, it should do between 500 and 700 in the first week. These albums have done 700 in like the months that they've been out. So Drake's going to go platinum. Like certified lover boy is gonna go platinum like probably within two three weeks probably within two weeks, um. So these albums will not be in the top spot at the end of the year, but it's I'm excited to see if they hit platinum, uh, and see where they land in the top ten, uh, once 2021 is over. But yeah, that is it. That is uh, that is uh, my you know dissection of. Shiesty Season and A Gangsta's Pain. Uh, I really did like A Gangsta's Pain and Moneybag Yo. Um, I'm going to be keeping up with him and listening to his albums. But when it comes down to it, singles and streaming are really kind of like manipulating the numbers when it comes to, to album sales. And so I think that really explains away how these albums got crazy, crazy numbers for 2021. So that is it for the Dig Deeper segment. Like I mentioned, next week, it's all about Certified Lover Boy. I've already given it uh, two or three spins, but I, I especially don't feel comfortable nowadays like talking about you know an album and how it fits in an in a artist catalog like when it's been out for like less than two days. So by the time next week rolls around, I'll have like you know, like 12 days of listens under my belt. So um, I'm excited to to really dissect it. We're, we're going track by track. We're talking about the production, the lyrics, the, the beefs. We're going to be dissecting uh, some of Drake's lyrics and who he came at because he comes at multiple people in the album. I'm excited to talk about it. So we're going to do that next week. So you already know what it is. This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox. Um, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on social media at T-O-T-B, the podcast, at on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
The website is thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. Join that mailing list. You already know what it is. Your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. I'll see you all next week. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.